This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. For years, Bob Davis was part of our lives. Whether you were a Jayhawk fan or a Royals fan, Bob Davis was behind the mic painting the picture of the game taking place that night. Well, Bob's now retired and he's got a new book out looking back on his years in broadcasting. It's called The Dream is Real. And it's available at Amazon and at Dylan stores beginning December 22nd. Here's my conversation with Jayhawk legend, Bob Davis. Well, you finally did it, huh? You, you ventured into the uh, to the book writing side of things and, and, and put everything on paper for what was uh, an illustrious <laughs> career that, if I'm not mistaken, started with covering Mickey Mantle in Independence, Kansas? Well, I didn't really cover him, but I was only like five. But my dad was covering him. He was the local sports writer at the Independence Daily Reporter. And But my favorite player in Independence came the next year, a guy named Bill Verdon, who played many years for the Pirates and a little bit with the Cardinals. But uh, that's where I, I learned to love sports. And in Independence, we got the mutual game of the day, Major League Baseball game on every day. And I listened to those ball games with Al Helfer and some of those other people. But that's where it started. My dad did a few junior college football games while he worked for the paper. But I, I had a cousin who was in broadcasting. He was a top 40 disc jockey, though. And I told him I was going to get into broadcasting and I would be doing sports. And he informed me that that was climbing on a dead horse, which I thought, wait a minute. But I did it anyway. And, and I, you know how lucky I was. I got to my first job in Hayes at a really good really good small market station with great local ownership. And we did a ton of sports. And the guy that did the sports, our sports director and news director, after I'd started working there about a month later, he moved to Lansing, Michigan as a news director at one of the stations there. So I kind of got thrown into the fray. They asked, has anybody here done sports before? And I said, no, but I'd really like to give it a try. And I, and I did. He, he went to a family uh, funeral about that time and was gone while the state American Legion baseball tournament was going on at Larks Park in Hayes. And of course the Hayes team as the host was playing. So no one at the station had ever done a baseball game before. 
that, hey, I'd listen to the mutual game of the day. I'd listen to the A's and the, well, not the Royals at that stage, but the Kansas City A's. So I jumped into the deep end of the pool and did a baseball game and, you know, everything's just soared since then. Yeah. The, the, the rest, <laughs> as they say, is history. So your, yeah. your old man was in the business and he, and he didn't want you to do this. Huh? How did you, uh, how did you kind of get around him and do what you wanted to do? He wanted to, me to go to law school. And, and I, I did for a year. And then my deferment ran out and I had to go to basic training and do that stuff. But that was all right. Uh, not being a politician, I, I had to go do it. And uh, it was fun. It was interesting, I should say. And I, I got into broadcast, went to broadcast school there in Kansas City, and I fell into the job in Hayes. A friend of mine who was running a station in Topeka told me that they were looking for somebody. An afternoon board shift and a guy to do TV sports at 10 o'clock and, and you know, sweep out the studio that night. There, there was a wide open spot for me, so I did it. And, you know, I stayed there 16 years, Bob, and I probably told you all these stories, but uh, we had a good do sports situation with two local high schools at Fort Hayes State. And I inherited all that when Keith Cummings moved to Michigan. So that's really where it started. You know, you, you loved Hayes, Kansas, didn't you? I mean, you could probably oh, stay there your whole life, huh? It's a great town. I've, I've lived in Hayes. I've lived in Independence, as I mentioned, in Southeast Kansas. I lived in Manhattan for two years. And I went to junior high and high school and college in Topeka. So I would People say, where are you from? And I said, well, I've lived in several places, but I feel like I have about five hometowns in Kansas. And I spent a big portion of this quote unquote downtime uh, kind of reconnecting with old friends and people I went to grade school with. And this, of course, a lot of those people are aware now that I did KU for, for 30 some years. And I also did uh, some other things like the Royals. So people have kind of known where I was. They weren't sure what I was doing, but they knew where I was. And, and that, that's really where it started. And it's been a fun ride. And I, I've been very lucky to do the things I've done. You, you know, your, your rise was kind of like one of those rises that you hear about, you know, back in the old days, maybe different from today. You start small and you grow and you become big and you finally hit that dream job. But it took you, like you said, 16 years before you got oh, yeah. that job at the Jayhawks. Was there at any point in time you're going, boy, I should have gone to law school? I was an overnight sensation, you know, <laughs> yeah. 16 years. I'd really, I, nothing against law school. I really didn't like it. I didn't enjoy briefing cases. Several of my friends who finished law school, I've done very well, and I stay in touch with them. And a lot of them said, well, I wish I could go to ball games like you do. No, it, it just worked out that way. And I was lucky, very lucky. How was, the, how was the, the day you got the call from the University of Kansas? Take me through that. What was that like? Phone rings and haze, and they go, we want to bring you up to the, to the Jayhawks. What was, uh, what was that day like for you? The voice on the other end is, Bob, this is Monty Johnson. And I thought, hey, he's the athletic director, you know, and they had an opening there, and he had some recommendations. I had done Missouri for a couple of years. Uh, John Rooney and I are very close friends, or, and we're then, because John used to do – Pittsburgh State years ago when I was at Fort Hayes and John was going to miss it was eight or ten basketball games that year because he had some TV commitments so I did those games and Learfield Communications was the rights holder and they soon became the rights holder for Kansas and so they needed to make some changes there and did and I was one of the changes you know what, what year was that that you got your first uh, first job there in Lawrence or the only job I guess you could say what year did you start that 84 Okay, so you came in at a pretty 
pretty good time. I mean, you're four years away from a, from a national championship at that point in time. What was it like to finally kind of hit that big time and walk into Allen Fieldhouse and go, man, I'm the voice of the Jays? Well, I had done some game at the Fieldhouse, of course, along the way, but uh, I, I think I said the dream is real when I walked in there. <laughs> Wasn't that funny how that worked out? And, and then Jeff Bowling came up with the idea, like, what do I name the book? The dream is real. Right. You know, the announcer's not much, but the dream is real. Right. So, uh, it was it was fun, and the, I worked with good people and three Hall of Fame basketball coaches, you know, along the way. So that mm-hmm. was quite an experience. Well, you, you you mentioned the Missouri thing, and I mm-hmm. I never knew that you really wanted to talk about you know doing some Missouri Tiger basketball games. Oh, the- they were great. Norm Stewart was great, and it was really fun, and you know, a wonderful experience. When you get acquainted with those people and you're working with them, most of them turn out to be okay. Yeah, it, it it seems like it was a lot different back then from a relationship standpoint than even it is now. And I feel like I'm more like the old school approach, kind of like you. I like having the relationships with people and getting to know the individuals. Absolutely. It feels like you were able to do that throughout those years. And and the folks that were the players at that, at that point in time allowed you to have those relationships. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. Plus, uh, you're closer. I always thought the key to getting involved was road trips, go on the road trips with people and stay in hotels and get acquainted. That, that's part of it. And it worked at KU. It worked in Missouri. I had a lot of friends at K-State as well. So, you know, just do your job and enjoy it and, and realize how dadgum lucky you are. Yeah, that's a Royism right there. You pick up a little. It really uh, is. It's a dadgum Royism. <laughs> So when you when you look back at all your time at KU, you're on the call for two national championships. What's what's your favorite story from doing Jayhawk games from over the years? My favorite story. Uh, I don't know why if I have a favorite story. I, there's just so many things that happen, a lot of funny things, probably some things I probably couldn't tell you about. But, uh, you know, I, I just got acquainted with people and it was as much fun as I thought it would be. Now it was work. You can get home from Lubbock, Texas at four in the morning or mm-hmm. something like that, but that's just part of it, you know. Uh, and I'm really a radio guy, as you probably know. You know, I, I, I've done some television, but I, I grew up with radio as a kid, listening to games on the radio. So that's really probably my niche. I may be the last guy around who's really a deep down inside radio guy. Yeah. And as someone would point out, with a face for television. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> you know, Max Falkenstein obviously was a, yeah. a legend before you even got to the University of Kansas. What was your relationship like with Max? Really good. You know, yeah, that's kind of surprising to some people. Max uh, was a fixture at KU for many, many years. His father, Earl Falkenstein, was the business manager of the athletic department. And he ran the whole thing. We figured out one day how many people are doing the jobs Earl did in those days, selling tickets, everything that he did. And, and Max grew up in the athletic department. And then he became interested in broadcasting. He was a general manager at WREN in Topeka when Governor Landon owned the station. So, uh, you know, I had listened to Max as a youngster in Topeka. And we, you know, we got along great because we both loved radio both love sports, and uh, we just had similar interests. Not all the same things, but uh, we had similar interests, and he was he was just fun to be with. We, we uh, said goodbye to Max a little over a year ago with a celebration of his life, and he was a unique character. And it was we had we we always said we had a lot of fun, but we spent most of our time laughing. You know, yeah. that's just the way it worked out. 
Is there is there a moment that you always go back to when somebody brings up Max and you go, that's the moment that I always remember with Max Falkenstein? I don't know if there's one moment or not, but uh, there were several stories that I could tell and several that I couldn't. But, uh, you know, we had some funny things. We had great things. You're part of it, but you're not the show. You know, it's an interesting tightrope to walk. But, you know, we were there when they won the national championship. We were there when they did this, they did that, played in the Orange Bowl, all those great memories. And, you know, and I also also think if you listen to the thing on the radio, you remember it better. Yeah. It's theater I, of the mind, right? It really is. No, and, and it's funny with, with Max because, you know, Josh Klingler and I, I, I think on a daily basis, probably bring up something that we've heard from you guys over the years. And one of the things that we, we like to talk <laughs> about is, uh, we'll keep it clean. Uh, one of the things we like to talk about is if you got a delay, you just talk slower. You don't add any content. You just got to talk slower. <laughs> yes. Talk slower. You know, we'll make this last, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, it was fun. And we got to be great friends with all the other broadcasters in the Big 12 or Big 8, whatever it was at the time. And, you know, radio, we grew up with radio. Max was in radio. He got it started in right after the war in the mm-hmm. 40s. So he was an early pioneer doing this stuff in Kansas. Yeah, he was. And so from the Jayhawks, it leaves the door wide open and you end up getting a job doing Major League Baseball with the Kansas City Royals, some radio, but mostly TV. Uh, and yeah. how, how much fun was that, even though the team was probably not the best at the time you were doing well, it? Well, that's right. Uh, it, it, was, it was great fun. And Paul Splitoff and I became really close friends. I miss him every day. Uh, but uh, we had a great time working together. And, you know, Split was a guy. He was an ex-athlete, but he wanted to learn to be a broadcaster. We used to sit and watch games together and talk about the broadcast industry and things that you do and you don't do. And, and he wound up doing some, quite a lot of big eight basketball. He'd been a college basketball player. So, you know, he and I had a great relationship. And, you know, I've worked with some cool guys like Max and Split and some others. But uh, that's what really makes it work. The, the associations with the people playing the games and the people that are broadcasting the games. Well, you, you mentioned you, you miss Split every day. What was it about him that you guys were able to form such a great relationship? Because on air, it sounded like it was listening to two friends call a baseball game. Well, you were. We were, we were very much good friends, and, and he was serious about it. He didn't want to be known as a former player who was just coming in to do the games. He wanted to be a broadcaster, and it showed, and he worked at it, and he did a lot of good work. You and know, it, go ahead. It was it's just fun to be around. He was you looked forward to going to work with him every day. Yeah, and, and even though you know the games were not up to the, the level that they needed to be, you guys always made them entertaining and interesting. Well, How great. were you able to take a product that wasn't great and turn it into something that was enjoyable for everyone? Well, I used to tell Split, you know, particularly in baseball, you don't know who's gonna win a given ball game. Even the worst teams win a third of their games. So you go into it not knowing what's gonna happen, might be a great game, might be a lemon. Who knows? But that's not your fault. You're there to report it and enjoy it. And, and boy, did we have fun. <laughs> he, we, we had fun at mealtime, too, I should say. We, we ate a lot of barbecue in our day. Yeah. And, uh, we've both trimmed down a little bit. Have you noticed that? You know, you're not <laughs> near as big as you used to be. Well, thank you. I guess that's a compliment. You're not as big as you think you are. No. <laughs> 
<laughs> but with, with, with Split, man, when you look back at, on your time with him, is there a moment that really stands out to you that you say, this will be my all-time favorite Paul Splitorf moment and, and time that I spent with him? Gosh, all-time favorite. I don't know if I could come down to that small a number, like this was the best. But we just had a lot of times where we laughed and walked back. and Or if one of us made a mistake, the other guy they wouldn't let him forget it. Yeah. Things like that. You know, yeah. we, we were buddies. Yeah, sure. And then that, that, that's exactly how it sounded, like I said. So when you decided to do the book, you know, it was, it was mm -hmm. I understand you're kind of hesitant. I don't want to talk about myself, but so yeah. many people came to talk about you. So many people came out of the, out of the woodwork, if you will, to talk about how great you were as a, as a person and a broadcaster. What did that mean to you to see so many people just say, I love Bob Davis? Well, man, everything. I've worked with some great people, you know, Cam BZ, you know, but Noel Heckerson and Ray Dunaway and Recently, Ellen Shank and the people we've we've had to deal with, uh, just all pros, consummate professionals. But I guess it should be that way. That's as we used to say, this is a big market, you know. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, it was just I, I loved being in radio and I loved sports. And if you had two things like that that you love and you can combine them, you know, that's a stroke of good fortune, I would say. Apologies to Don. <laughs> <laughs> so what made you decide to say, all right, fine, I'll do this book. I'll, I'll, I'll put everything down that I, I've experienced and been through. What finally was the, was the thing that put you over the edge? Well, Jeff really wanted to do it. And I could tell that he, he had done a couple of other books. He'd done a book on Allen Fieldhouse and KU basketball and some other things. So he certainly had the background. He knew me. He listened to me on radio and Hayes as a kid growing up. So, you know, the stars lined up and, uh, hey, we've, we've sold one or two books already. So, That's hey, good. it must be working. How uh, about that? Yeah, fantastic. I mean, sell a couple of more. Maybe you could have a nice Christmas this year, right? Hey, wouldn't that be great? We'll pay for last Christmas and go from there. <laughs> yeah. No, we've got grandchildren now and that makes it extra special. Yeah, I guess I guess sharing it with them because they don't remember grandpa being on the radio and doing all no, this stuff. That, no, hey, he thinks he's a big turkey sitting over in the corner. That's yeah. right. <laughs> grandpa. They're they're Steven's got four children and they're just ages ten to two, and they're all characters. Imagine that. It takes after you. So what is what are days like for Bob Davis now? Like 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 pretend the pandemic doesn't exist. What what oh. do you got going on? Not much. I mean, you know, I watch a lot of ball games. Try to read books. I love read history, history books, historical things. But uh, you know, I've always been kind of lazy, and so this works well with that. <laughs> <laughs> if you could go back and say, "All right, I get one more day on the mic to do whatever it is that I want," what would you choose? What would you pick? And where would you go? Where would I go? I'd like to do a World Series. I didn't get to be involved with all that when it happened here, but I don't believe that'll happen now for me, but it was enjoyable to be around it. But, you know, the, the thing that keeps coming back to me is that as the broadcaster, even if you're really popular, you're not the show. The game is the show. You're the conduit that gets it to other people. So, you know, I don't know that I'd change anything. Let the game come to me, so to speak. Yeah. You know, I, I, I hear it all the time from people, and I feel the same way. I, I get it all the time. I miss Bob Davis on KU basketball games. I'm sure you probably hear that a lot. I'm sure you probably get that a lot. What's that mean yeah. to hear people still talking about and wanting you to still be part of the voice of, of telling that story of Kansas basketball? Well, it makes me feel really good because it was such a lucky situation. 
<clears throat> to get to do the games in the first place. So I'm, I'm grateful when people say that, but you know, you have to move on and, and, and we have, but I, I still follow the games. I just don't know all the players like I used to. <clears throat> <laughs> you said Monty Johnson just picked up the phone and called you. And did, did, did you think it was real? Did you think it was a hoax when he first did it? Hey, the game is real. Yeah. He, uh, he was a really nice guy, but it was his call on who was going to be the announcer. So that's how that happened. Yeah. Did he, did I, he put I, you through a tough interview process or anything like that? I didn't think so, but uh, we, we, I had applied for the KU job a couple of times before <clears throat> when it had been open, and mm -hmm. it didn't work out But for various reasons. But, uh, you know, when it did work out, it worked out well. So what's next for Bob Davis? What are the next couple of years going to be like for you, you think? Well, I hope they're a little more exciting than the last few months have been. You know, uh, I, I've always been able to enjoy life. Linda uh, is a pretty good partner. Linda has Parkinson's, as you probably remember. Mm -hmm. And she's had, you know, her own battles with that. But she's a great uh, person to follow her lead because she's normally very upbeat, loves her grandchildren, naturally, and uh, even puts up with her husband. So, you know, it, it's just worked out and make the best of what you got. And the book is available online. It's going to be available in Dillon stores all over the state of Kansas. Right, Dillon's. And I think here in the Lawrence area, particularly, the uh, Rally House. Oh, good. They're working on that, too. So you're going to be out there signing books and then meeting and greeting the so. people when we can, I guess? Yeah, I hope to go out to Hayes sometime when we get out from under some of this stuff because I still have a lot of friends there. And, and they have two Dillon stores. So we'll see if I can get out there and you know, maybe get a free Coke and, and sign some books. Did you uh, call and congratulate them for their big win over Kansas State the other day? I, I talked to some people. I didn't talk to to uh, talk to Wyatt, who followed me at Fort Hayes. I, I did. I text messages with Gerard Welbrock, who does the games now. Uh, he, it was quite an experience. So you never know what's going to happen in athletics. Fort Hayes has had a pretty good basketball run the last few years. So you know, I I broadcast their first national championship and then Wyatt replaced me he did the second one so you know they've got a few big banners in in gross coliseum now uh, announcing all those achievements and it was fun to be there and be part of that yeah it must have been uh, fantastic for everybody at Hayes to see them get that big win over K-State though yeah and it was what I've heard talking to people it was it was a no doubter it was a one-sided game pretty much all the way that's how athletics can be Goofy. Can, yeah, really, really strange. Is there one game that you wish you could change the outcome of that you called over the years? Well, they had a few losses I'd turn around, you know. Uh, I don't know if there would be one game I'd turn around, but uh, maybe a few Nebraska games. We got one there at the end, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sports broadcasting is a unique profession. It has its highs and it has its lows, but uh, – it's funny, I started wanting to do that as a kid, and it worked out. You know, how often does that happen? You know, this did. And I worked with some really talented people. The guy I replaced at Hayes was a really good announcer. Um, in fact, he was our news and sports director, and it was the 1968 uh, presidential election. And uh, he moved to this job in Michigan. So the other the assistant news director and I did all the TV coverage of the election. And that was really, really interesting for me because, you know, to jump in like that and start talking about who won the selection and why and interview candidates and that kind of stuff. It's, it's similar to sports, only 
a little different, but uh, you know, I was glad to do that too. Bob, I appreciate the time. Thank you. You bet. Good to see you. It's good to see you too. Anymore. I don't see anybody anymore. Don't forget to pick up a copy of Bob's new book, The Dream is Real, coming out December 22nd at Dillon Stores. It's also going to be available at Rally House and at Amazon. Bob Davis truly is one of a kind. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.